This episode is brought to you by Bloat Games. Hiya folks, Old Man Grognard here. If you're looking for games that combine the classic RPG feel with the light, concise rule set of today's indie games in a variety of genres, you gotta check out Bloat Games. Their Survive This rules take a cue from the old-school games of yore and combine them with a stripped-down but easy-to-understand mechanic that plays fast and fun, giving you an exciting, thrilling game session every time. Whether it's fighting off zombies, swinging a great axe and slinging spells in dark, dangerous, creature-filled forests, riding your 10-speed bike through monster-infested suburbs, or keeping the city streets safe from superpowered menaces, the Survive This system is the one that'll keep your players coming back to the table. Check out these great RPGs, in addition to card games and other fantastic things they offer, at bloatgames.squarespace.com or at drivethroughrpg.com. Bloat Games. The worlds are fiction, but the fun is real. Abed and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff. With your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya, folks. Old Man Grognar here. Hope you're all doing well. It's a nice day out. Uh, I had my another session last night of Fantastic Heroes and Witchery. And we concluded the adventure, which really was rather spectacular. I, I liked it. They killed the main ogre king, killed his henchmen, and basically saved the day. And retrieved the bauble they were supposed to for for the people. But thinking about it, there wasn't much role-playing in there. There was a little role-playing, but not as much as I usually have. And I just finished watching Professor, Professor Dungeon Master and the Dungeon Craft uh, YouTube channel talk about charisma and how it's mishandled or not used or, or you know, that kind of thing. And he talks about variations of success and failure, which is something I'm trying to get into because I think success and failure variations are interesting. It is more work for me. It is more work for the player. But in the end, it is it, come, it enriches the game and it gives, you know, it's more fun. It makes the game more fun. And to him talking about charisma checks and and saying that you know everything shouldn't be hinged on one role one charisma check and he's right you know he he talks about the power behind the throne warhammer role-playing uh fantasy role-playing scenario which is mostly role-playing and interaction and you know this could go if you're swinging a sword or doing an interaction but i'm also going to talk about interaction now every character whether it's a player character or an NPC, should have a motivation, as we know. I mean, that's just a given. So I feel that you should, when you make a character as a player, when you make an... Okay, let's take the players first. When you make a character, and I've got to admire something about 5th edition, they encourage this, even though it's not my cup of tea because I've been playing so long, I just sort of do this, most of the stuff by default, I've got it in my head. But I'm always saying, write it down. I'm saying that to my players. I'm also saying that to other GMs, and I say it to myself a lot. So write it down. When, I make, when you make a character, write down two things. Two big motivation points for them. Actually, I just give them one to start. 
you may have a second motivation later. But if you, you know, if you come up with it, and just write as a bullet point, uh, my character wants to get rich. My character hates elves. My, what's his motivation to, and, and you know, this is, what's my motivation acting thing? Well, here's where it comes in handy. Anytime you have an interaction with a character or anything like that, look at that and see if that fits in with the motivation. And play it like that. Hey, um, this character really likes statues. So anytime they go into a dungeon or a temple or any other place like that with an old statue, he will start examining it, things like that. I mean, you know, this is basic role-playing stuff I'm telling you about, but it has to do with interactions. Now, on the GM side, NPCs should have the same thing, but it's a lot easier. You can just write one bullet point down out. Uh, the, the player characters, they'll probably write two. At least I said one, but I'm sure they're going to write two. Two would be better because sometimes they conflict. And sometimes that can be fun. But at the same time, NPCs should just have a primary motivation. And as he said, the they have a default. Like he talked about the guards, trying to talk the guards into letting them see the king. Their default answer is going to be, no, we're protecting the king. You can't see him unless you have an invite or whatever. So the default would be, no, he was right. But at the same time, and he's right, it shouldn't be just one role. But if you have a, a case where he talks about a festival where he meets characters and he rolls, you know, he gives it a roll, and if you roll your charisma or whatever, the character will invite you to meet somebody else. Or if they didn't, he'll thank you for a good time and stuff and things like that. But I don't see why that can't happen multiple times when you meet them. I mean, maybe the role gets easier because they have more respect for you. Maybe it gets harder because they have more contempt for you. You don't know. This is what rivals are based on. This is how you make rivalry or even like, you know, arch enemies, things like that, or best friends. You have that variation. So when you do a, like I save in a perilous situation or a, a roll of fumble, you know, you have the variations on how you want to handle that. Very, very variations on success and failure. Well, there should be a variations of success and failure in a, in a personal interaction too. And this is where charisma comes in handy. I'm not saying it's the be all end all, but it does come in handy. Make a roll at some point. Don't make a roll at the beginning. Don't make a roll at the end. Let it go on for a bit. Role play a bit. And then say, make a charisma roll or something like that, or a wisdom roll or an insight roll, whatever the, the role is. And then he tells you what the role is. And to me, I don't, I don't like making target numbers because I figure you've got the stat, you either roll it over, you roll it under. You got, if you make it or you don't, by the stat. You know, that's, that's, that's where it comes in. That, that's my stance. That's an old school stance. That's my stance. So make the roll. You tell me if you made it or you didn't make it, I will tell you, I will ask you, how much did you fail it by? How much did you make it by? And then we will go on with the role playing and who knows, it may, you know, it may work out in their favor. So use the role in conjunction with role playing, which is something I shouldn't, you know, this, this is old, this is old information to a lot of you, but you know, the newbies don't, don't do this, but I'm saying that you got to find some way to, if you're going to do the role, um, involve it in the role playing, you know, in, in, I want to say immerse, but I mean, you know, 
put it in the role playing. Don't make it the be all. That's why old school gamers don't like role playing. R O L L playing, because it's too easy. To just go. Oh, okay. I make my uh, my charisma check, and he lets me buy. No, it doesn't work like that. That's not the way um, people. That's not. That's not the way it works. Basically. So, you know, integrate. There it is. There's the word. Integrate the role into the role playing. And role-playing should take preference because if you're going to role-play a bit and then ask for, for a role and then go on and role-play, that role is going to influence what's going to go on after the role. It's not going to shut. It may not. Sh it may shut them down. It may not. It may. What I'm saying is it's a variable. That's what a role is. It's a variable. So maybe, you, maybe he scored some points in the role-play before the role that may give him a plus one or a plus two. And you, you incorporate that. Maybe he screwed up and said something tacky that gives him a minus one or a minus two. That's how you do it. You role play a bit, you make the roll, you judge it, then you role play a little bit more, and then boom, you go on. Either, get, either they get what they want, they don't. So that's how it goes. Anyway, anyway, I got to go start my day. So if you guys want to talk to me about this or anything else, oldmangrognar at gmail.com or drop a voicemail on Anchor. We're monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month, you too can help support this program, and I would thank you. And then we also have a single donation option now at Ko-fi. It's ko-fi.com slash oldmangrognard. And I would appreciate that if you did that. Thank you. I would like to also thank these people. Jonathan, Oliver, Gilbert, Juan Carlos, Daniel, Dan, Benjamin, Jason, John, Allen, Aaron, Michael, Randy, and Joe. Thank you guys for contributing monthly. If you want to hear some good podcasts, we have Dan Gregg's The Young Y-U-N-G, Young Grognard Podcast, Mark C. Wallring's The Yawning Albert Podcast, we have Kevin over at The Red Caps Podcast, Daniel Norton at The Bandits Keep Podcast, fantastic podcast, I've, I've listened to that, and of course, Big John Allen Large's The Red Dice Diaries, Randy and Joe over at The Biggest Geekest Podcast, and of course, my friend Eric Tinkar's Tavern Chat Podcast. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Mm -hmm.